Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for all things Kings of War. as they delve into the world of Mantica and bring you in-depth coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. I am Alex Koos. And I am Ralph Enough. We're back again with a new voice that you have not heard yet on the podcast. Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate the, the invite onto your show. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. We need more Canadian in our diet, so we had to get you on. I appreciate it. We've uh, been adding a lot more Canadians to the Northeast scene this year. Uh, coming from Hamilton, we've gone to Orktown and unplugged a few of us, and we went to Crossroads last year as, as our introduction into the U.S. Uh, tournament scene, which was great. Who do you like better, Jay or Josh Rosado? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> Josh was one of the first people I ever like talked about Kings of War with that wasn't in my direct community online in the Facebook groups with the herd group way back when I started playing. But Jay just stayed at my place for uh, King Beyond the Wall. So the Rosado brothers, are, they're a great pair. I'll say that. Jay's obviously located in Canada, and Josh is obviously out there on Cape Cod. Let's kick it off with a little bit of a background here. Who is Alex Coos? Uh, I'm... That's a tough question. Well, gaming-wise, I'm a... I started with HeroQuest back in like elementary school, and that was my introduction into a Games Workshop. And then I transitioned into Warhammer Fantasy, I think when I was like 11 or 12 years old. But there weren't that many people in my small town that were in, in, interested. So I ended up just collecting miniatures, painting them off and on for a few years until I think grade 10 when I met Steve MacArthur who is here in Hamilton with me now, years later, we ended up in the same city. And he's the one who introduced me into to, uh, Kings of War about four years ago. We on and off played Warhammer Fantasy and 40K throughout high school and university. I stopped playing somewhere in the middle of university. He kept playing and eventually found Kings of War. And when I moved to Hamilton, he said, I have this great game. Do you remember how we used to actually enjoy fantasy. It's like this game is how we want to play or how we wanted to play the game or how we wanted it to play. And he was right. It's the last four years have probably been the best gaming I've had. We've uh, slowly built a little community here in Hamilton and that's that's where we are now. Would you say Kings of War is your main game? Yeah, I would say it's probably the only game I really play. I went in on the Vanguard Kickstarter last year, but that was mainly just to get the Northern Alliance miniatures for Kings of War. <laughs> what time frame did you get into Kings of War? Just after the release of Second Edition? Just before Uncharted Empires. So September, October, somewhere in there of 2015. Yeah, so we were, I remember we were using Steve's armies and he was had a Chaos army that he was still using as orcs because there was no Varenger list yet. And I was using his dwarves because most of my armies were still in storage or in various parts. And uh, as soon as Uncharted Empires came out, I started putting together and reassembling and taking apart my uh, beastmen into making them into a herd army. Played herd for about a year and a half, two years. And last 
winter, I decided that I was going to start uh, playing Ratkin. So that's when I started painting up the Ratkin army that I'm using right now. Touch a little bit on the, the strategy of Mantic. The Uncharted Empire's method of where you've actually they've actually given us army lists for armies that they don't make is very unusual. There's a big reason that the game was so accessible. Like Steve and I had been you know, playing fantasy for so long, we both had multiple armies of, you know, various sizes. So it was just easy just to pick up and start playing full-size games. And Mantic makes great miniatures, and but at the time, like, they didn't have anything for Beastmen or, like, you know, that style of play. So I was, it really just made it easier and a lot more fun. And then since then, you know, I have, you know, soon to be a large third edition Northern Alliance army. You know, Steve's got ogres and orcs and, you know, our, our community is like, it grew because of the access accessibility using other third party models. But now everyone in the, in our community or our club has Mantic armies of their own. So it's like, it's kind of like that first one's free, you know, gateway drug into the game. And it's just like, it's worked great. Like, and it just, it adds variability to like, what's, a, you know, what people are playing and just the modeling opportunities like that are attached to that are great too. Like just being the, the multi-basing and the proxy rules are just, it just opens up the whole environment and makes everything more inclusive, I think. What's your favorite thing about the second edition rule set? I think it's just mainly, it's just smooth to play. I remember Warhammer Fantasy was very stressful for me. Like it was a very long involved game because we'd only play like a couple times a month and every game was like an ordeal. With second edition, I'm a pretty slow player and I can comfortably get in under the time cap at tournaments. Like, you know, two hour game, even if the two and a half hour social game is easy and it's, it just plays with a nice smooth tempo. There's no, there's no gotcha moments really. And it's just, it's, I think that's the best thing about it. It's just, it's nice and smooth. If you're looking at the rule set, is there anything there that you would want to change where you would like to see in third edition? The big thing right now is elite infantry or infantry regiments are, if they're not super cheap, it's hard to use them. Like there are ways and obviously like some people, some specific units are great, but I think infantry regiments in general can be difficult and especially when they're defense four with like the prevalence of shooting, it can really, you know, shooting in defense for elite infantry is like just money for for some armies. Palace Guard. Yeah. Longhorn, stuff like that. Yeah. Are you excited for third edition? I am. Like, I think they've done a really great job with the Clash of Kings updates. But I think, you know, after four or five of those, it's just being able to have a little bit of a, new, like a leveling of the playing field for everything will really help, like, streamline things. And just being able to like, tweak some points costs that we know are a little off and just some gameplay things that have come up you know, and some skew lists that may or may not be in the spirit of the game, you know, just clean that stuff up. I think it's a really good opportunity. I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, if you handicap yourself by saying you're not going to change points in a Clash of Kings book, eventually you come to the point where you can't, you can't do anything else. And so we're at yeah. that point where there's just some things that just need to be made more expensive or cheaper. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes just altering a stat one way or another, uh, changing a special rule just doesn't quite work what is your favorite army i've been playing rats since i guess last march or february and i love them they're it's like i started collecting them probably over 10 years ago probably 15 years ago 
I just really, at the time, I just wanted like blocks of infantry and just that, you know, ranks and flanks kind of style that Kings of War really embodies. And, but at the time, you know, Skaven were, you know, they're, they've always, they've always been a bit of a cheesy list in uh, fantasy. So I didn't ever actually, I never actually put them on the table. So this with Kings of War and, you know, I know they're a bit of a more powerful army list in general, but it just gives you the opportunity to actually use infantry effectively and that's the kind of style that i want to play and that's kind of what i'm looking forward to with northern alliance hopefully like you get some like you know the kind of like clansmen barbarian kind of infantry army working for humans as well well and we know you can paint fur yep (laughs) (laughs) so you're already one step ahead yeah i said the next army would be a, a slow army but i think i want to get that army painted up quickly just to get, you know. Did you pre-order some additional third edition things for the for the Northern Alliance? Yeah, my buddy and I, Steve, we uh, we both got the two-player starter pack. So we're gonna he's going to take the Night Stalkers, and I'm going to grab the Northern Alliance, and then the the prerequisite uh, Lord on Chimera. Such a good model. Yeah. Over the years, Mantics, rightfully in some cases, you know, taking, taking it on the chin about some of their sculpting, but man... That just proves that if you take the time and you have a good art direction and you take the time to really, you know, do the concepts and do the sculpts and I can't wait to see it in the flesh. I bet you it's going to look better in person than it does online. Absolutely. And I think they did the right way. They built a good game and then allowed, made it an inclusive community. And now they're really like putting that back into the models for for us. It's great. What's your favorite part of the hobby? I definitely was more of a gamer. Like for the first two years, I you know, mainly used an unpainted herd army in Steve's basement. <laughs> so I, I, I'm growing as a hobbyist, but I'm definitely a gamer first. And I like to play to win, not the great, a great player, but it's, uh, it's definitely the challenge of the game. That's what really attracts me to it. So you consider yourself more of a gamer yes. than maybe more of a hobby guy, but so you must love the tournaments. what are some of your favorite tournaments that you've uh, played Kings war at? Um, well, Last year was the first tournament that I went to. That was Crossroads. What a way to start off. Yeah. We, uh, well, I, I had organized like a small one day eight guy tournament in the month before for our Hamilton Tabletop Gaming Society uh, game day, which was, that was like my first tournament. But the first large, like two day GT was Crossroads. And we got three of the guys from our local club went down uh, Steve MacArthur, John McCready, and Mike McCready. And went down to represent Canada. We won best international team. It was a a one like amazing introduction to the community. Like that made us like made me want to run my own tournament. That you know get all these the guys that we had met up here to Hamilton, and it inspired us to like go to Orktown and unplug GT this this summer too. Like it's I I gotta say like Crossroads is probably my favorite just because it was like had the biggest impact on my my whole gaming life. Because it just like it just opened up a huge door. What's on your docket for the rest of 2019 and into 2020? Well, we got Crossroads again coming up at the end of September, so it's going to be bigger this year, which is going to be even ma- more amazing. So we're going back with the same team, and then there's going to be another team from Canada with like uh, Matt Vermeer and Brindley Smith, Ashley Moet, and Ray Shields. I think are going to be the Northern Alliance, and we're going to be the A team. So that's going to be, and then there's 16 other teams. So it's going to be a huge, huge event. Very excited for that. And then with the uh, Masters, is going to be in the same location. And with the side tournament, 
whether I qualify or not, we're going to head down to uh, Tioga Downs for that in February. I'd like to maybe make a chance, take a chance to go to uh, Harvest of Souls or Du Bois in November, trying to figure out which one's going to work under my schedule. Let's talk about your community. You know, what does your local gaming scene look like? Been growing pretty steadily the last couple of years. Uh, again, like the build up to Crossroads last year really helped get a little more excitement in the group. And then we've been organizing, you know, bi-monthly one day, like Saturday tournaments, which has been helpful. On any given Friday night, we usually have two or three games at our local store, Black Knight Games in Hamilton. And then we try to, once in a while, we'll go up to Cambridge to uh, Forbes Hobbies, which is about 40 minutes away, just to kind of spread out and make it easier for some of the people who don't live as close to Hamilton. And then there's another group just on the other side of Toronto in Oshawa that plays out of Critical Hit Games. And they got about six to eight guys out there. We have probably have about 15, 16 guys regularly playing here, which is nice. It's like you get a good variety and we'll get about 10 guys out to our one day tournaments. Do you have a local gaming club? Do you guys have a name? We do. A loose organization called the Hamilton Tabletop Gaming Society, where we have a monthly open gaming night at our local veterans association. So it's on the last Friday of the month, they open up their 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 hall and we just bring whatever we want and we can play from like six till two in the morning and there's a bar there and this is where we held our king beyond the wall tournament it's a great venue how's the store scene where you guys are at it's getting better i think at the very beginning of second edition before i started playing i know they had a small tournament at black knight games and they had stocked some stuff from mantic but then i think I think it was coincided with the 40k new edition or something. The the scene just kind of died off. And Steve and I were playing just games against each other in his basement uh, by ourselves. And then we just, we decided one day like we should play at the store. Like you know, playing against each other is fine, but we want more opponents. So we got to like build some you know some momentum for the scene. So we just went. We just decided to like go every week to the store, whether other people wanted to or not. We were just like, we're going to play in public and uh, get some publicity and post on Facebook groups to like kind of get some people interested. And last year they started carrying Mantic again at the at Black Knight Games, which is a big step. And I think Forbes is carrying stuff now and Critical Hit. So I think with the growing community and the semi-regular tournaments, I think there's enough uh, pressure from the community that the stores want to start carrying the product again. As long as you have players that are willing to buy it and they make it known, the stores are going to carry what you guys want as long as you communicate well with them. Yeah, and especially with the new third edition stuff, I think just trying to get people to pre-order through the store as opposed to through the website. It's like it's the same price either way, but the store gets a, you know gets in on the action. Very excited that you know no Kickstarter going through the store. This is the shot in the arm that our friendly local gaming stores have needed for a while. I totally agree. Like it, Kickstarter is hard to compete with as a store. I think. Give me like an overview of the Kings of War scene in Canada. I know you're on the east, but what's going on with Kings of War in Canada? Well, here in southern Ontario, it's definitely growing. I think there's you know. There's a lot of interest, and I think people are starting. Like Age of Sigmar may have like been that fantasy game for a little while, but I think people are starting to like 
get a little sick of it. So I think we're, get, we're finding a few more refugees from there, slowly coming over, getting a little more interested. It's a pretty, like army list wise, it's pretty varied. Um, the one thing is not, there are not a lot of undead lists or abyssals lists, um, but we got a good mix. A lot of orcs, a lot of Varanger, rats and elves, dwarves, a lot of dwarf lists. It's competitive in the sense that people, you know, aren't making super fluffy lists all the time, but it's not cutthroat or, you know, people aren't. Sportsmanship is still important. It is Canada. <laughs> That's a given, though, isn't it? I, I, I mean, the hardest award at your tournament must be the sports award. Well, it's funny because uh, K2 from the War Kings ended up winning best sports at the King Beyond the Wall. So he's even friendlier than Canadians. <laughs> That's a hard feat. Yeah, it's a it's a good community. I think I think one of the things that happened after Crossroads is like we kind of like got a sense a bit of what was going on in the Northeast, you know, meta. So we brought some of that back and same with like after Unplugged and Orktown. So I think some of the guys around here are getting a better sense of like, you know, what it takes to build a good list or to what it takes to to beat a good opponent. So I think it's it's definitely a maturing scene, but there are still a lot of new players around here. The East Coast is going like gangbusters. You've got some stuff going on on the West Coast with Dan Miner and company. What's going on in the middle? I know there's a couple groups out in Calgary and Edmonton, or a couple guys that are trying to form groups out there. Um, one of our favorite basing suppliers is based at a Winnipeg, uh, Northern Lights Terrain. They make awesome MDF stuff, and a lot of us use their their bases for our multi basing. But other than that, it's there's some there's some guys like I know Ray Shields is up in Petawawa, which is north of Ottawa, so they're there's some people in northern Ontario. It's it's tough in Canada because geographically, everyone's like a couple hours away from everyone else. If you're not in the same city, it's it's quite a drive. We're lucky in southern Ontario where it's relatively dense for Canada. So within an hour and a half, we have three or four cities of, that have good communities. And that's why I think it's working here. Well, I want to give a shout out to Michael from Regina, Saskatchewan. He and I chatted a little bit uh, last week and there's people out there playing. The the trick is, you know, get them connected. And so where do you guys in Canada and guys and girls, where do you congregate? Where's the place that people that want to know what's going on with Kings of War in Canada? What's the place? We got our Facebook group is Kings of War Canada. We also have some regional ones. We have Kings of War Ontario. Brindley uh, Smith just open, uh, started Kings of War, Montreal. So we have our Facebook groups. And if you are looking for anyone or opponents, you know, Kings of War Canada is active. Kings of War Ontario is very active. So maybe start with Kings of War Canada. And if there's a regional area, you kind of, you guys will point them. Absolutely. So from the player's perspective, you know, just give me your thought on Mantic Games. You know, what are they doing well? What are some things that you would like them to improve on? Well, I think it kind of hit on this earlier. I think they're, they're really getting the game right. So it's, it's, they're starting from the right place. Like they're making a good solid game. They're listening to the players. Like the rules committee is such an amazing idea and a great implementation of that idea. I think that's been, I know that, you know, growing up with Warhammer, even and 40 K, like it's just, you'd always have that angst and that frustration with the company. And I don't, I don't feel that as much with Mantic. It's very, 
inclusive and they feel like the company feels like it's part of the gaming community. I think that's a great strength and they're really playing to that, especially with this third edition. Um, and I think what they can do better, I think just make sure that they're producing the right minis, like just get the support for the armies that they have out there. Like people will buy good miniatures and there's, they're definitely on the right track with everything they, they have coming out. So just, they need to fill out their ranges and start, you know, filling out their IP. Because I think, like, you know, the Northern Alliance is great. The Night Stalkers, like, the new Goblins, I love them. Like, it's like they have their own take on things, and they have their aesthetic kind of established, or they're starting to have that aesthetic established. I think they just need to really play that up. So why isn't there any Canadians on the Rules Committee? That's a good question. Yeah, Ronnie, are you listening? We got people in Canada, the play Kings of War. They need to have a voice. Representation. What are your tips for folks that are maybe in places that don't have a very robust community, you know, what are your tips for building your community? Well, I think you got to find a friend who's as stubborn as you and you got to just go where the gamers are. I think like multi-basing and like the modeling opportunities that Kings of War give, gives us, lets us make a really visually appealing game. So I think you really need to play that up. I know at the Tabletop Gaming Society game nights, like the Kings of War guys, like we don't have anything on the level of like, you know, Player's Choice Award armies, but we're known as the guys with the cool terrain and cool armies because it looks better than most games. So I think you just need to get out there. You got to play somewhere public regularly and you just have to find the social media like groups where those gamers congregate. Like we found Kings of War Ontario, which obviously was a little biased towards us, but then we just started posting. We're going to be here every Friday night. Every you know, Tuesday we post. We're going to be here we're going to be here on Friday and then Wednesday just to double check who's coming on Friday, you know. And then we would go to like, you know, the the more generic gaming Facebook groups and post on there and just just do that. We did that for probably a year, year and a half before we had like regular nights of two to three games and it, it just took time but you just have to like expose people to the game it it's it works once you get people playing it they're hooked and the miniatures and modeling opportunities are a great way to like get people in there so just build impressive armies with or at least with big miniatures <laughs> and uh just the fact that it's a ranks and flanks game in this day and age of skirmish is just like that neat point of difference that you have to play up and there's going to be people that are looking for those type of games yeah and it's just like that balance that inherent balance in the game just makes it a much more enjoyable experience for everyone and i think people can just pick up on that in the community or like watching you play the game or once they start playing it it's just that harmony of the rules and everything just is inherent in the game just to recap play in public Yes. Play with painted armies. Yes. And be consistent. Yes. I think that was a big thing, just showing up at the same time every week, because then people kind of felt safe that they, they knew it was going to happen. There'll be people there playing Kings of War. And if you were a new person or if you drove the furthest, you got to play no matter what. If there's an odd number of people, like the number of times like Steve and I would show up and this someone would show up with an army, we're like, OK, one of us isn't playing tonight. That's cool. You just have to let people play if they come and make it easy. That's a really good tip. I never thought about that. Do you guys have any Pathfinders in your area? 
I don't believe we do. You'd make a hell of a Pathfinder. You know that, right? I am working on my first Mantic Army. So hopefully I'm, I just finished uh, school this summer. So I'm currently ramping up to finish the Northern Alliance Army. If I can get everything speed painted to a good standard, I'd like to have it done in November or at least something usable in November so we could do some demo ga- days, games and days after third edition drops. Oh, yeah, my buddy Steve, he's just painted up a he's full Mantic Ogre army. So we're going to have two Mantic armies for demo days. Ogres actually are pretty good to, to teach somebody with. Yes. A lot of the statistics are the same, horde to horde. Mm-hmm. I've found that Ogre armies are actually pretty easy to use. Plus, when somebody's learning, they're typically just want to slam it forward and get into combat, which is something that Ogres do pretty well. I think they're a really good example of part of Mantic's range that is like spot on. Like I really like the Ogres. They look great. You mentioned the King Beyond the Wall. Yes. What, just a few weeks ago, right? End of July. So this was the first two-day GT in Ontario yes. for Kings of War. It was five games over two days. You guys played 2,000 points, and I know you had room for 30 players. How, how many players did you end up with? We ended up with 26. Pretty good success. I was I was hoping we would have enough to qualify just to like count as a master's qualifier. So we uh, exceeded expectations. And What's the minimum size for qualification in the Northeast? I think it's 12 and you need 20 to like actually earn like a re- like a reasonable amount of points. So I was hoping to get 20. So who showed up? Like a bunch of the local guys, Steve MacArthur, John McCready, Mike McCready and Matt McCready, three of the four McCready brothers <laughs> and a bunch of the other guys from the club. Some, and then Brinley Smith and Ashley Mowat came from Montreal. We had Jay Rosado flew in from Fredericton from the Atlantic coast. And then Dan Miner flew in from Vancouver from B, all the way from BC on the Pacific coast. So he's like a true Canadian coast to coast GT. And then we had a, like we had Corey Reynolds, John Vanoss, Mike Rossi um, come in from the Northeast. Plus like um, Thomas Struther came in from Maryland. So we had a, a we got guys from Buffalo and Nick Scabetta and Justin Berg. We had a, a Huge support from the U.S. It was amazing. Had you run a tournament before? I had run a couple one days. Like last August, it was my first one day tournament that I ran. And then I think I ran three one day tournaments at Black Knight Games over the winter. So this is my first two day GT. What made you want to jump in and do it? Thought it would be a good thing for the community. And it would be good to have a tournament that was closer for the Canadians. Like Crossroads is the closest American tournament. It's about four four and a half hours away for us. And I'm like Hamilton's closer than pretty much everyone else in the, in our like gaming group. So I wanted something that people could experience like a two day GT without having to drive four or like 10 hours. Like we did when we went to Orktown. Now that the event is in the rear view, obviously Corey Reynolds took it out. Just kind of give us an overview of how you think the event went. By all accounts, it went pretty smoothly. People seemed pretty happy, which was great. I got a lot of, a lot of people said they were coming back by the end of Saturday, which is always a nice thing to hear. Um, one of the tips for new TOs is try to figure out war score before Friday night. I got lucky, though, because uh, Corey Reynolds is a war score veteran, so he gave me a little quick tutorial on Friday night. So thanks, Corey. <laughs> um, yeah, I think one of the things that I've – it was about um, – we – about two or three months before, we were realized like we were not really on schedule for terrain, so building terrain. So we got to like get on building terrain 
much sooner. But I think we, you know, in the end, we had a lot of great, great terrain. We had good support from our community. A lot of people like donating stuff to like use for the weekend, which was awesome. And my co, my co-organizer John McCready, like you know, was busting out hills and you know, impassable terrain like a champ for the last couple of weeks. So ultimately, it's like a, it's it's a bigger endeavor than you think, but also not as big as you think at the same time. Like there's a, there's things you're not going to realize, but day like the day of or like the weekend of ended up having to be the ringer at this as a, at the same time as being the to because we couldn't our ringer couldn't show up for the whole weekend so that was a little exciting and stressful so i got to play i got to play in the tournament and do all the matchups but i think i just gave myself a little extra time in between rounds and it ended up working out pretty good it's just it, it's a good community so i think everyone is very reasonable there weren't any disputes or like you know it's just for a room of 30 guys you know playing competitively there's not a single problem all weekend so it's it was a pretty stress-free event to run as an organizer well half of you're a canadian so (laughs) there's not going to be any arguments yeah it ended up going really well we're probably going to have we only rented half of the hall, so we'll get we'll have access to the other half next year. So we'll have room for over forty. You mentioned it next year. Do you already have a timetable? I think well, we're going to try to do you know again in the summer. Um, I would. I know. I noticed that there was there's a Mantic Michigan community that they they're pretty active, and I would like to get them involved. We just happen to organize tournaments on the same day, so I'd like to coordinate a little better with them, just so. We can be as inclusive with all of our neighbor, neighboring regions. So I think being able to get the Northeast guys coming up was awesome. But I think, you know, Michigan's right there too. So it's they're just as close. I think it'd be great to have some of them come over. So I think next summer, just trying to coordinate with the other TOs, to try to find that that sweet spot between, you know, you know, Mountaineer, Keystone, King Me on the Wall. All those have to kind of – I think they play play together and, like, really – make it possible for people who want to go to all three. Absolutely. It's funny you mentioned the Michigan community because, yeah, they have a really good community and they have their own race shields. His name is Brian Novak. Th- those guys are just great. They're great. Because I actually went to the tournament you mentioned. They had a one-day event in at the end of at the end of July. Right. And they had 20 players. So, um, so if we can schedule it in a way that more people can make your event. I will say, though, it's hard nowadays because there's so many tournaments. Exactly. But I think if we can get something so... You know, three. There's a choice, so it doesn't like not necessarily. Like, if there's one every weekend, that's good. So then there's a choice. But if it's like you know two fall on the same weekend, that's kind of you know it makes it tough. If you didn't get enough talk about the King Beyond the Wall, I recommend heading over to Unplug Radio and listen to Mike Rossi's episode. So if you're listening, Mike and John, just take over the show. You guys did a great job. Oh no, it was a great episode. It's not good to hear the feedback and the positive response but and i agree with john about the maps some of them did end up being a little samey just be epic dwarf random maps can they can all they can fall into similar patterns so i think next year i might uh take a little heavier hand as a to to like customize some of the maps did you do the same layout on every table during the round or you just do various maps on different tables we did five maps the one one map per round just so everyone was playing on the same map for every scenario i think that's a little more like 
there's pluses and minuses to both. Yeah, I mean, I've been using the the dwarf epic dwarf math pack for a while too, but I know for the first masters when we laid our terrain out, you know, not all trains the same. Yeah. Some are a little bit bigger, some are a little bit smaller, and so what we ended up having to do was lay out the train to the the map, but then we just tweaked it a little bit, and then we had two or three guys, kind of like a committee, that would look at it because you want it to be fun. You want it to be engaging. You want it to be thematic. At the same time, you want it to be fair. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know, like some of our train pieces, like, you know, not every building is going to be the same size. Not every hill is going to be the same size. So, yeah, you got to, there's a little bit of tweaking that needs to be done. Well, the best part, though, is you have a year to plan for the next one. It's true. You have a year to start building yeah. up your train collection. Yeah. We got to double the number of tables for next year. So, do you have any shout outs, Alex? Well, I got a shout out. I've mentioned him a bunch. Steve MacArthur. He's like patient zero here for Kings of War. He's the one who got me in the game. He's the, he was the, the only guy, you know, my only opponent for like two years or almost. So, you know, he's the reason we have uh, Ontario Kings of War scene even more than me because I wouldn't be around here. And then uh, John McCready was a huge, huge help co-organizing King Beyond the Wall. And then our fourth on the A-team, uh, Mike McCready, like our Crossroads crew. And then it's got a big shout out to everyone else in the Ontario Kings of War scene. It's been, it's been growing amazingly. We've turned into an actual community. We're all like met like 20, 30 people that I would never have met otherwise. So it's been amazing. Matt Vermeeren's got a great scene over in Oshawa that's growing. So I think it's only going to get better. You know, it's the tip of the iceberg and it's only going to keep growing from here. Yeah, absolutely. So where do we follow the adventures of Alex? I'm on Facebook. I was successfully for for the first six months of the year doing uh, the Beer Ma Model of the Week Challenge. I <laughs> was painted up probably a couple hundred ratkin leading up to Orktown and, uh, and half of a herd army. That kind of slowed down as tournament prep and uh, wrapping up school happened. But I'll be back up and running on that and then uh, posting on Countercharge with all my painting projects. Um, other than that, I'm relatively active in the Ratkin group and the Herd group on Facebook, making bad jokes all around. This was Countercharge with Alex and Rob Fanuf. Thanks for listening and keep on countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com. On Twitter at countercharge15. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. So why is there an... Uh, <clears throat> thank God for editing, right? Yeah. Alex and Rob Fanuf, thanks for listening. And <laughs> don't worry, you, you, you'll get it eventually. <laughs> totally, totally blanked. <laughs> and keep on countercharging.